Nathan, look. Look what's coming down from the ceiling. It's snowing what? here in the studio, in the Golden Ox studio. Oh, my god! It's a Christmas miracle. Wow. Mmm. <laughs> I'll tell you, tasting this asbestos-flavored snow <laughs> as it comes down from the ceiling, it can only be one thing. It's Christmas week, Nathan. Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas to you. It's Christmas month. That's right. Hell Which yeah, it is. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Christmas month. Christmas month. Wait, hold on. How many Christmas specials have we done? We did single. We did single Santa. all the way. Single all the way. We did. And that's uh, it, right? Oh, it's a CGI Christmas. Oh, yeah. Rap City. How can you forget that's Rap it. City? This is Christmas I'm week, Nate. Trying to. <laughs> this is the week. Producer yeah. Jeremy, Merry Christmas in there. Yeah, happy holidays. Happy, oh boy, sorry. Oh, PC oh producer oh Demery coming down. I don't want to record in a studio. I can't say Merry Christmas. War on Christmas, oh more like bore on Christmas. He's in, he's in a mood because the Grinch nipped his nose, and our producer has a sinus infection this week. So uh, if we kick to him a little less, that's the reason why poor our poor boy is in the other room with a bowl of chicken Soup in a saline drip. But uh, thank you all for joining us. This is, of course, Network Special, the podcast that talks about the golden age of appointment-based television when you had to watch what was on TV when it was on TV. And if you didn't watch it, you were out of luck, Buster. A lump of coal for you. But now, thanks Mm -hmm. to the magic of the internet, we can watch these things again and again and again. And we do. And thank you for agreeing with me as I did my introduction, Nathan. It always feels good Mm -hmm. to have a yes and amen from from (laughs) deep in Florida. Uh, Yeah, I always like to uh, verbalize my agreement. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Come on. With grunts. Come on. With grunts and... Yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Does it feel less like Christmas now that you're? How many Christmases have you had in Florida now? Since 2012. Oh, so you're ten years deep. Yep. Does ten it years deep. Ever feel less Christmassy without the snow? I know you're not a snow fan. Yeah, it always feels less Christmassy. But if I'm like in the, um, we, you know, we got our Christmas tree up and everything. If I turn all the lights off and just have the Christmas tree lights on then it kind of does feel that way. Except we don't actually have heat in our home. So it's always cold here anyways. <laughs> Is that just to get you into the spirit? You you disconnected it? <laughs> no, it's because our heat is uh, gas. It's gas heat. And we just save, we just don't have a gas bill. Oh. And we don't really need heat. You know, sometimes it gets, you know, the coldest it'll get is maybe in January. And it's like, you know, maybe, uh, you know, 40s but you just put on some blankets sure but mostly it's warm here so we just don't instead of paying you know 100 bucks for gas every month we uh turn our christmas lights on okay well that's been the bill talk section of the show mm-hmm. i'm going to turn it over uh-huh. to the the christmas talk section because <laughs> today we are talking about two two specials from i would argue maybe the heaviest hitter of Network specials, Rankin Bass animation. And I think that Rankin Bass animation, two things. Number one, when you say a TV special, Rankin Bass stop stop motion Christmas specials are one of the first things that people will think of. 
Mm-hmm. And secondly, when it comes to Christmas specials, Rankin Bass just owns the game. I think when people see this style of puppet, and they did sell animation as well, but normally they were doing stop animation, which they called Animagic. And it just equals Christmas special when you see it. And also the um, the style of music that they would record, very like wall of sound like sounding <laughs> and very like um, like if you heard this, it's like when you listen to the Sherman Brothers at Disney, like every song you know they wrote it, but he, it's like this same with this, like every song. It really does sound like it's from them. Wall of Sound is a good way to put it. It's like if you got one of those uh, Firestone Christmas albums that you always find for 50 cents at a Goodwill store. If you had Phil Spector run that through his machine, that's what it would sound Mm -hmm. like. The most (laughs) traditional, stereotypical Christmas music, but just an echo chamber of it somehow. (laughs) A very unique sound. Like everything recorded in a freaking... Mormon tabernacle or something. <laughs> well, all these songs were um, made by Maury Laws, who composed all the songs for almost every special Rankin Bass did. Rankin Bass, when I opened up the Wikipedia and I looked at what they produced, I groaned because there is so much of it. For yes. a studio that and was. Stuff you didn't. Oh, and stuff you wouldn't even think about. No, for a studio that was only around from 1960 to 1987 in terms of like when they're producing stuff. And then for like a couple more years, they sort of sputtered along just kind of putting their name on things, but they weren't producing the animation. For 20 years, they produced so much stuff. They produced 18 Christmas specials <laughs> in that amount of time. Officially, they've done 19, but they've done 18 in that glory years era. But there's so much stuff that, like you said, I've never heard of. And we're, I don't know when we'll ever get to them. When will we talk about 1966's The Ballad of Smokey the Bear, a feature length <laughs> animation narrated by James Cagney? When Absolutely. Will we, when will we talk about That Girl in Wonderland, a full animated special Marlo Thomas that, from That Girl as yes. Alice in Wonderland? When are we going to talk yes. about that? We got to do this. I mean, we've already we already kicked it off with the Coneheads. That pilot. yes, a Rankin Bass joint as well that never <laughs> took off. And finally, the last and, thing we'll ever talk about is Santa Baby from 2001, narrated by Patty LaBelle. But that's going to be a long time in the future. Yeah, we'll be old and gray. Yeah, and a lot of um, like it, weren't they involved in things like Thundercats and um, tangentially? Yes, they helped produce yeah. it. Yeah, you, and you can tell in the style of animation because it looks like the Hobbit cartoons that they animated. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of that, depending on if you're talking about the cell animation or the stop animation, for as much as people say like, oh, wow, anime has really took taken over and like kids now learn to draw from Japanese style animation. Japan has always been what we've watched on TV in terms of the yeah. animating company because all of these specials were sent to Japan to be animated, which makes sense mm-hmm. because nobody does exacting detail-based tiny animation better than Japan. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why at one point in my life I was really into anime was I realized 
just looking at credits of old cartoons. I was like, oh, I've been watching anime my whole life. Right. <laughs> just, you know, from uh, these these uh, animation h- horses, you know, like that are just like <laughs> pumping out well, one of the top American American frames. Yeah, right. <laughs> one of the companies I found it was Topcraft, which is what used to be run by Hayao Miyazaki, who now runs Studio Ghibli, mm. which is oh, that's right. You know, as heavy hitter as they come. But yeah. today we're going to be talking about two similarly themed Christmas specials that could not yeah. be more different. So. <laughs> Uh, the first big Rankin Bass Christmas special was Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer in 1964. And then they very quickly followed it up with Santa Claus is Coming to Town that came out in 1970. That was the first time they ever did an animated special about how Santa Claus came to be. And then the last time they did a stop animated special was in 1985 with a special called The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus. <laughs> and we will compare and contrast just how different 10 years can make in terms of the telling of these tales. Um, let's talk Santa for a second. What's your Santa experience in life? Um, classic tale. Uh, pictures of me on Santa's lap crying. <laughs> you know, but eventually I warmed up to the old man. <laughs> And uh, you know, I knew where my where what side my bread was buttered on. Sure. <laughs> you know, you don't cry for too long when you realize, you know, if you want the goods. So you yeah. grew up with Santa in your life. You had the whole experience, yeah. milk and cookies. Uh, actually, I don't know if I did that part or not. I don't know if um, maybe we did it once or something, but um. I can remember like my parents, like, you know, like some of the presents would say from Santa. And um, did you believe that? Uh, I'm sure at some point, I'm sure, but I don't remember when I would have stopped. I don't have like a, a moment of clarity or something. <laughs> okay. That's yeah. interesting. Most people who I would ask that to have a very definitive memory of when they put one and one together. I have definitive memories about the first time I've eaten certain kinds of pizza. I know you do. Or <laughs> or or you know that moment I finally nailed the the great hot dog recipe. <laughs> but like when it comes to like those like normal things where people are like, "Oh, what's what was this what was the song that you really liked when you were a kid or whatever?" like I I just don't remember stuff like that. I don't know why. When you say the great hot dog recipe, have you been like experimenting with casings and fillings in Florida that you just haven't let me on to? No, I just uh, I'm exaggerating the the point of that, which was just figuring for the sake out exactly for the sake of to, comedy. Yeah, just because I knew it would just land really hard. <laughs> no, just like the way you cook it or whatever. <laughs> okay. What's the perfect way to cook a hot dog? All right. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. So I, now- I feel like I'm going to get my, way further with this line of questioning than asking you more about Santa, which seems to be like pulling teeth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will say that I did get to go down the Santa slide from um, Christmas Story. Okay. 
Um, because yes, as we all know, it was filmed in Cleveland, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that that's like my fondest Santa memory. Okay. Um, um, followed by this memory of the perfect hot dog. Yeah, let's hear it. Which <laughs> is now my family's from West Virginia, so there is a West Virginian style hot dog, which is the the wiener, um, the bun. You know, and and and, and we like I, I like to toast. Each side of the bun, like a New England style bun, like a uh, you know, like a like on a lobster roll, butter and toasted sides, hot like dog, like a split top bun, split top bun, okay, right. But the sides are like New England style, right? Then, because uh, <laughs> you can get a split top bun and it doesn't have the sides, like Jeremy. Do you anyways. know what he means, like instinctively, when he says that? <laughs> no idea. See, yes, thank you. I don't. You guys know are from he- New England, like I am. <laughs> yeah, I know. Get out of here. Forget about it. I'm walking here. What a worldly man. <laughs> I like how he said, like, yeah, so, you know, we're from West Virginia. So a wiener and, of course, a New England style <laughs> bun. What is a wiener? I don't know why. What's the difference between know. a wiener and a hot dog? I'm just, I just, I just said wiener. Just, I don't okay, have like this a, is for humor. A again. Frank. Okay. I, I got nothing. Yeah, okay. yeah, you know, like, you know, like I'm like a joke a minute. Yo, yo, yeah. <laughs> that's my, that's ha, my you, ho, ho, hey. <laughs> All right, so then you do a chili on top, which is a West Virginia kind of like sweet, no beans, uh, very much like a bolognese. <laughs> but is but it almost sweet. like a Cincinnati chili? But not like it's not like Cincinnati because okay. no freaking cinnamon, none of that bull crap. But it is okay. like that. It's just thick. It's thicker. So catch it's, it's almost meat. like it's kind of it's kind of like a sloppy Joe almost. Okay. Um, but a sweet sweet meat like a man and then. Yep. Jeremy and then I, is closing the door of the studio. He is going to go <laughs> to sleep. I don't blame him for a second. Okay. You and open then, a can uh, of manwich, you put some ground beef in it, you split the top of a bun. Then, then it's then it's coleslaw, diced up really nicely, like like little tiny squares. Yep. Coleslaw. We're talking a mayo base, that, I'm assuming. Yeah. Because there's a vinegar um, base and a mayo base. I don't nope, know mayo base. which one's a real New England. Well, this is West Virginia, so I don't know. Real about, West I don't know, Virginia. I don't know what they're doing up in Boston for this. Then uh, chopped onions, and then and then mustard. But although I don't use mustard, yellow mustard. Yeah, that sounds really good. It's freaking the best hot dog. Yeah, and then also you could you you you, know, you boil a hot dog, but then you pull it out, you split it down the middle, you you fry it in a little pan, so it gets a little uh, texture on there. Yep. Boom, chili slaw. It's called a slaw dog. Chili slaw. Okay. Uh, onions. Good to go. Wow. Every time. Wow. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, Santa memories. How did you grow up? <laughs> I I didn't have Santa growing up. I had all of my gifts came from Jesus. Oh. <laughs> Is that an exaggeration for the sake of comedy, or did it actually no, say that's, Jesus? That's how it went down. Every Christmas, I never got a gift from Santa. I only got gifts from Jesus. Actually, that's I guess that's not hundred percent true. From my parents. From my parents, all of my gifts came from Jesus. Uh, if it was from relatives, <laughs> it came from Santa. So it was a very confusing upbringing. So a two-religion household. Yes. One worshipped <laughs> Santa. Did your parents tell you that Jesus, like, appeared in the house and dropped the presents off? Uh, no. No, there was... I. No, I, I don't even think I had a question for them. Like, how... <laughs> No one questions Jesus. You get gifts from Jesus. 
So what was that year that you came downstairs all sleeping and you went, aha, my parents are Jesus? Oh, that was pretty <laughs> evident pretty quickly. Okay. I would say probably five or six. It was like they were not sly about the gifts. Okay. Wow. So did, uh, let me ask you, uh, your, your mom and dad, uh, were they both Christian when they got married? No. Okay. I was just curious about what is the Christian, what is the... They, they um, didn't become Christians until like short, I would say shortly after they were married though. Maybe a year or two okay. after they were married. And and your and like your your families, your extended families, was everyone? Um, are there lots of Christians like like in your native fam native family? Are there lots of Christians the Lebanese family or the Lebanese family is Catholic? Okay, and no one on the Native American side of my my family has. They don't. There's no like no religion there at all. Catholics, okay. of course, worship Santa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I guess I'm somehow like in the middle of the two of you because I didn't grow up with Santa beyond like I heard the Santa story, but it was the same as like how I'm assuming kids are with Frosty. Like kids don't think Frosty is real, right? That's just a fun story you hear at Christmas time, right? right. Do kids yeah. think Frosty is real? No, no because right? Frosty's not doing anything for you. That's true. What has he done for me lately? And the exactly. same thing with Santa where I was like, they would read it now before Christmas, but it was like a fun symbol of Christmas. But it was mm-hmm. almost like, um, I don't know, if you had a child you were raising atheist, but you didn't want him to be a, a little snot at school. My mom just said like, some kids think Santa is real. Don't ruin it for them. And so I was just told oh, okay. not to spill the beans. Um, uh, my parents told me that it was because I believed things so fervently and uh, deeply as a kid that if they told me about Santa, I would have really run with it. And when I found <laughs> it, it wasn't real. They said you would have, quote, had a meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So <laughs> Santa is just kind of like, you know, a figure of, of fun for me, <laughs> but never yeah. uh, a place of deep belief. Uh. I'll take yeah, a question from Nathan. Just, I'm just trying to remember. Um, I'm just trying to remember. Like I can remember my, I mean, my dad would always put Santa on at least one of the presents. Like, and it was always kind of like a funny joke to us. But I can't remember. Surely I believed in him. You know, I just can't remember like that come to Santa moment. <laughs> And by the way, just in case there's any like listeners out there thinking the other, I, I have nothing against telling your kid about Santa. I don't think it's evil or anything. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people on Facebook this year, like really anti telling your kid about Santa. I don't have kids. I don't have like a strong take on it. It's probably different from kid to kid. I've played Santa for years. It's, it's fun. It's, it's lovely. Uh, I don't like the, uh, I hate the elf thing. Oh, this is a I'm hot a take. Of, you hate I'm the elves. I'm not a elves. fan of the elf on the shelf thing. Specifically the shelf elf or all elves? Just the elf on the shelf business. Okay. Just because it's like, the, it's got to do something bad. And then like, I don't know. I don't understand the idea. I, I don't like the idea that if you're a bad, you know, quote unquote, a bad kid that you won't get presents. You don't like the idea of Santa as supernatural threat. Yeah. As a disciplinarian or something. Like, I don't want, I don't, I don't, I, 
that aspect of of we've never like we like my like our daughter really likes the elf thing. She doesn't believe the elf. I mean, obviously, but she's she's almost twelve, but she just likes it. She likes playing it up. So my wife will like have the elf doing fun stuff yeah. instead of like mean stuff. Like it'll like leave her gifts or it'll like, like, like the other day it was like uh, cooking candy in the, in the thing, you know, like it's just pleasant things. It doesn't do like, it doesn't like, you know, burn your house down <laughs> or something. <laughs> Am I misinterpreting elf on the shelf? Is it supposed to do wicked things around the house? I thought that was just like yeah, twizzy to, hot like, topic couples that had the elf like, no, it's Effing supposed to Barbie. be like he like gets up to like no good. <laughs> he oh. like he gets up to no good or something. I don't really I don't know the um but he's just I don't sitting remember down. the story. What's that? He's just sitting down. Yeah, I know, but like my friends like they'll go to the lengths of like they'll like take all their family photos and like photoshop in the elf and then put them back up on the walls and stuff. Okay. <laughs> like just going nasty. insane lengths. Nasty shit. <laughs> <laughs> But just going to insane lengths that you know to for them to do the, the elf to do something mischievous. I will say my only big thing with Elf on the Shelf is that it does have a balloon in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and it's in the pose like it's sitting on the shelf, so it looks like it's just taking a squatty dump all down <laughs> all over the, the parade route. Yeah, <laughs> it's also looking to the well, side the way that like a dog looks at you when it's taking a dump. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, are you getting this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah that's so that's my santa story <laughs> that's our santa stories what's your guys take on rudolph i got no beef with rudolph real or not yeah. real <laughs> oh he's real oh oh very real um i'm still on the fence i've been reading a lot of scripture about it <laughs> not sure not sure i feel about it. i've been deconstructing my rudolph beliefs <laughs> <laughs> I thought Nathan, I thought Nathan was going to say that the idea of bad was subjective. I thought that was going to be his argument <laughs> for the elf on the shelf. Nah, bro, that's you. Hell yeah, bro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so what is the first one we're going to talk about? Okay, so Santa Claus <laughs> is coming to town from okay. 1970. Is this before the other one? Yeah, the other one came out in 85 or something. 80 th- you mean the other one recovering? Yeah, the other the other. Oh yeah. That was in the 80s. 15 years Even, before. And by the way, they look exactly alike in terms of quality. I disagree, but we'll get to that. I mean, I should say film quality. Like they look oh. like they could have come both come from the 70s. Well, yes. Definitely. They had their look. That's how I feel. Down and branded. When you're ranking best and you have your look, you you stick with it. But yes, yeah. on the Christmas talk, <laughs> same we've, cameras. <laughs> we've had Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. We've had Cricket on the Hearth, which I've never seen. That's a cell animated movie. We've mm-hmm. had the Little Drummer Boy. We've had the Frosty the Snowman, and then Santa Claus came to town, mm-hmm. starring Mickey Rooney, Keenan Wynn, Paul Frees. And oh, Fred yeah. Astaire. And Paul Freeze in like 50 voices. <laughs> Paul Freeze, absolutely. What's his real voice? Killing like? it. I hope he sounds like Boris Badenov. <laughs> That's his real or, voice. Or like Burger Meister Meister Burger. Yeah, <laughs> which is the same thing. It's just <laughs> Boris from Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> That's right. 
So Santa Claus is coming to town talking about how Santa Claus came to be. And mm-hmm. I recently watched, do you remember Santa Claus, the movie from 1985, I want to say? Yeah, we talked about this before. It's like, it's one of those movies where... Well, not on the like, podcast, so you can kind of yeah, just go with that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, that's what I mean to say, like you and I have personally. Yeah. <clears throat> I think I said, it's one of those movies where like, I keep... Every year I keep thinking, oh, I haven't watched this yet. And then I watch it. And then the next year I think the same thing. Oh, I haven't watched this yet. It is quite forgettable. Um, It's also very, it is strange to tell the backstory of Santa because there is no hardcore lore that people go to. It's not like the night before Christmas. So it always changes. People always put their own wrinkle in it. But it's odd to me for two reasons because number one, it's always going to be a little like chosen one Jesus Moses messianic <laughs> kind of thing. Cause Santa is, he always has to be perfect. You know what I mean? You can't have a mm-hmm. really like uh conflicted Santa. You can't have Santa go through a, a bad mean spell. And so because of that, it's, I've, it's very hard not to make Santa a boring central character. Yeah. 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 It's really all about the surrounding. Yeah. The surrounding story and the conflict that he just kind of has to like, I guess, laugh in the face of. And they're always trying to sort of like build some kind of logic around the stuff that he does or the kind of things that you wouldn't, that we can't understand. Like, but I don't, I never get it because it doesn't make sense to me. Like, there's there like just little things like him um like why don't our parents know why do our parents not believe but then there's presents that appear under the christmas tree every every year well now we're talking about a, a realm <laughs> of like logic that a lot of sitcoms get into which just goes in knots if you think about it too much because usually on sitcoms It's the parents want the kid to still believe because they want the Christmas to still be magical. So if you're presenting the sitcom that kids are watching, you're introducing the idea that parents know that Santa isn't real. But usually by the end of the episode, something magical does happen and it proves that Santa is real. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's that's do you know what I mean? Like that's usually the yeah. plot. It's always very very strange to me. Like how is a kid supposed to process this? Although I'm supposing that most kids, um, you know, weren't picking it apart as much as I maybe. I know uh, not as much as <laughs> young Zachariah. <laughs> Not as much as the most stressed out child about plot lines. <laughs> I, I just see you in there, just like like during these things. You're like you're like ten, and you're like I call bullshit, <laughs> bullshit. Your mom's like, oh, <laughs> beep beep beep. Uh oh, the bullshit alarm's going off. <laughs> Where did you hear that word? I it's like smell it came to me smoke. naturally. <laughs> <laughs> However, all that aside, it you know, I thought you were gonna go down the realm of like 
Santa Claus backstory and like saying this is because of this gets into like Star Wars episode one territory where you're like, I don't need to know the logic behind all this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there is like in this, there is a lot of that where it's like, oh, and that's why Santa has the, (laughs) and that's why Santa has two eyes. (laughs) (laughs) I wish that was a line. But it's like it's like everything's like oh that's why this is and some of it you're just like I, I didn't need a reason to know why that's a thing. I will say this special for me is the best version of that kind of thing. I think for kids watching this, it follows kid logic. It's really simple without becoming too repetitive. So I think kids can let. I think kids would get a lot of pleasure from seeing like the bits and pieces of Santa come together. Yeah, I would have loved, I, I mean, if I would have loved this, I mean, I, I'm sure I watched it, uh, in a repeat, but, um, you don't remember watching I don't, this one. I, I, I know I'd seen it, but I don't remember watching it as a kid, but I'm sure I did. And cause I would always, I would always run to the, run to the TV for this kind of stuff. You would tear ass to that TV out of the way. Pops. <laughs> Turn off cheers. <laughs> it's time for my Rankin Bass. <laughs> the show opens with a stop animated Fred Astaire who's playing, is it stand for special delivery? His name is SD. I think it stands for special delivery. Okay. He's a mailman. Fred Astaire, who is about 70 when he's doing this voice. Uh, what a, oh, wow. What a great, reassuring narrator voice. Let's hear him greet us right now. Well, hello there. Uh, my name's Special Delivery Kluger, SD for short. Oh, I've got lots of letters for Santa today. And every year they're the same. Some ask for toys, but a lot ask questions. Like you take this one. I bet one of you wrote it. Dear Santa, why do you wear a red suit? He's got a great voice. Oh, man, don't you wish that's what your grandpa's voice sounded like? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that my grandfather's voice sounded like a gingerbread cookie cooling <laughs> on a plate. Yeah. I also yeah. miss kids who aren't actors voicing kids in things. Oh, yeah, like in Charlie Pe- Brown. Peanut so. style, yeah. Because in yeah. that voice clip, not only does that kid sound like they just poured bourbon down their throat and spun them around, <laughs> but you hear another child actor coughing in the background when they're saying their <laughs> line. <laughs> Does that real right, kid, kid next. that uncovered cough that kids do, it's like, bleh, bleh. <laughs> and then the next uh, letter he opens, the kid opens the letter by saying, my turn, which is not how you start a letter, <laughs> assuming that people are going through a list. I guess it depends if you think that like, if you are aware of how many letters are being sent. That's what I mean, a very self-aware child. Yeah. <laughs> I know my letters not the first one to cross your desk. <laughs> well, one, kids... But my, my problem is, why is he reading their mail? This is the worst post office man. It is a federal the, offense. The North Pole has some really uh, lax... This is like a libertarian utopian <laughs> society. <laughs> Well, North Pole is also considered like international waters. They're just frozen. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you can do (laughs) anything. Anything. In the North Pole. Uh, My turn. So many 
So even trap a bunch of small people into making toys. <laughs> nice. I like this. Hold on. Is this your Christmas chunk, Jeremy? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it, man. Oh, yeah. We're getting Jeremy's tight 10 stand-up on Christmas. He's workshopping it all on here. Elves, right? Yeah. You guys all know about yeah. elves. Yeah. Here's my theory on it. <laughs> North Pole, right? International mm-hmm. waters. Yeah. No I doubt. got a pole you can north. <laughs> Sorry. Let's go. All right. That's it. All right. Well, I mean, I look forward to hearing more <laughs> of those nuggets throughout the show. Kids are asking, why is Santa the way he is? Explain yourself, Chris Kringle. And Fred Astaire tells us the story of how Santa Claus came to be, which he was born around an orphanage. Boy, where would Christmas specials be without orphanages? Christmas specials love orphanages. Boy, Boy, oh boy. Oh, yeah. It's like, um, I mean, I don't think that there, like, how many orphanages throughout history Mm. Um, do you think a Santa-like figure came from? Oh, how many origin stories does an orphanage <laughs> contain? Yeah. Every one of them. <laughs> yeah. Every one right. of them grew up to, uh, yeah, altruistically deliver toys to strangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like our little red-headed baby who is in the, is it Dower Town? Has a very funny name. Oh, yeah. It's like Gloomsbury or something. Sombertown. 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 I like how everything in Sombertown is shades of gray and everything in Santa Claus's realm of influence is bright colors. It's a nice detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Sombertown, ruled by the Burgermeister Meister Burger, who sounds a lot like <laughs> Boris Bednoff from Rocky and Bullwinkle. The worst. I mean, that's a horrible name. It's a funny name, but I also like I hate it. Why do you I hate, hate it? it. I don't know. It's, I don't know. I don't know. Burgermeister, Meister, Burger. I don't know. I guess it's funny. I don't know. That's like a McDonald's character. You love that kind of thing. If that, yeah. if the Meister Burger's head was a hamburger. Oh, I would love that. You would love I'm just him. saying, I think it should just be the Meister Burger. I think Burger is funny already. But Burgermeister Meister Burger is the only character's name besides Santa Claus I can remember from this special. I have to look at everything else because I do not oh, remember man. these characters' names. Right? Who, like, uh, was Winter one of the characters? Yes, but he has an, a okay. full name. Oh, he does? Yeah, <laughs> okay. exactly. <laughs> what about Jane? Was Jane the late Jessica or something? I think it's Jess. Yes, it's Jessica. Okay, good, okay, good, okay. good. What's the I penguin's name? Um, oh, uh, something like Winkum? Oh, no, no, that's, that's the different, that's a different one. It's Topper. That's the other, Topper, okay. Topper the Penguin. Okay, so the Meister Burger has brought this redheaded child, and, uh, the Meister Burger says, get him out of here, throw him in the orphanage, and uh, as he's being taken to the orphanage, he slides down a snow-covered hill and gets away from everyone and falls <laughs> into the home of the Kringle elf family that seems to exist 
I guess, kind of in secret at another part of the mountain away from Somberville. Yeah, and also, like, okay, yes, this is a secret area where these people live, and they they just make toys. That is their thing that they love to do. They were the toy makers to the king, but the Meisterberger hates toys. Right, so I don't know how these people make a living. There is a very funny concept that they don't follow at all. The, the shot of it made me laugh, and then they they never did anything else with it, where they make toys all year round, and then they just throw them in a pile outside the door. <laughs> they open the door and just chuck it in a pile. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is funny. I don't know if it's supposed to be played for laughs, but it's a funny visual. It's hard to tell what's supposed to be a joke in this special sometimes. <laughs> This one, th- okay. This is did, is this where they do the song about making toys for the king, or is that boy do like they the song, ever? This is one of these songs where it's like throughout the show, the song keeps happening, but with from different p- points of view. Yes, it's a big responsibility, yeah, and people and talk about I, what they have to do for a living. Now, th- yeah. So this this is like quintessential Rankin Bass music like this song mm-hmm. like like every like all of their music is very much like all the lyrics are like they figure out one line about a character some plot point something like for instance like it's a big responsibility right and then they write these songs all about that and there's nothing happening in these songs whatsoever except the words it's a big responsibility like but everything else is just a just a random rhyming word that rhymes with it it's so hard to explain this i was very afraid that i was going to sound like the sourpuss on this but <laughs> as a ch- of course as a as a little uh critic child with my red pen at the ready <laughs> songs that don't advance the plot and they're not funny i just oh. they just took for i hated them i hated when people oh. burst into song because people didn't used to bother to do either, especially if it was a ballad sung by an adult. No child wants Oof. to hear a ballad. Who is that for? So do you want to hear a little bit of Big Responsibility? Let's do it. Ability, when you accept an appointment from his majesty, you must strive for just a perfect quality. When you're the first toy maker to the king, Yeah, you're right. It has that very singing into a coffee can sound to the vocals, doesn't it? Yes. Now, the 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 one thing that this has going is that it's very nostalgic. It is very much like every song that they do for their things. There's always ones. They always sound like this, and so when you hear it, you immediately are thrust back into that childhood viewing experience for sure. But watching it now not being a child anymore and now like critically watching it, you know, as much as I am able to criticize things, it is very much like, like you said, nothing happens. Like not, it does not, it's just a song for song's sake. And as you all, as you all, as all listeners know, I'm not a big musical fan. And I, I especially hate songs that don't do anything. They don't mean anything. Right. When people say they're not big musical fans, I feel whenever you start talking to them about it and you start kind of like going to like, well, what do you not like about it? That's what it always comes down to 
is musicals mm-hmm. where everything grinds to a halt and you just hear a song, especially if it doesn't sound like any genre of music you would normally listen to. Yes. I think that comes into play as well. Yeah. Um, well, elves don't get older. Uh, I guess they just are always old men with beards <laughs> forever who dress like how we think of Santa Claus dressing with a little red suit. But Oh, that's why he has a red suit. Yeah, that's right, Nathan. <laughs> But uh, Chris grows up and he decides that he's going to take these toys that have been piling up and deliver them to the children of Sombertown. But in Sombertown, toys, oh yeah. Well, I was just going to say, like when I say, oh, and that's why, and then something, like those are literal lines from the show. There's a kid, like you hear the, like Fred Astaire say like, and so he put on a red suit. And then you hear the kid go, oh, so that's why he wears a red suit. Like you hear kids in the background. Yeah. I'm they're I'm, also they're also the narrators in that sense. Everyone joins in. Um, yes. <laughs> but yes, the Burgermeister has tripped over a toy on the town hall steps and broken his foot. And so now he has made toys illegal in Somber Town. So when Chris comes and delivers toys, he is treated as a criminal. He's an outlaw. Mm-hmm. Um, and he runs across the Winter Warlock, which is the name of the Keenan Wynn oh, voice, right. who looks great, looks like a big blue meanie in a nightgown who controls the uh-huh. winter weather. The uh, Meisterberger, the Warlock, they have the classic Christmas special tradition. If you have a person who doesn't like Christmas and they are very mean, you have to give them the gift they wanted as a little kid and didn't get. That's right. Just like in, is it, doesn't that happen in Single Santa Searches for Mrs. Claus as well? I think so. It, it also happens in... Um, Everything else. It happens in Santa Claus yeah, the movie. I think it happens in um, uh, the Ernest movie. It happens in Ernest. I think it happens in Elf. Yeah. What is the Netflix uh, Santa Claus special that just came out? Oh, the Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, the Kurt Russell Santa Claus movie, where he sings, of course, the Santa Claus blues with the E Street Band while in prison. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And you, you know, so, you know, the Winter Warlock becomes Mr. Winter, the Winter Wizard. he, He has the worst song. Is it? Put one foot in front of the other. Yes. Well, that is officially sung by Mickey Rooney, (laughs) Bill himself. Oh, and it is one. It is literally just them like singing a song about how to walk. (laughs) And it's supposed to be a metaphor for like, you know, you know, like, you know, you can't, you can, Uh-oh. you can become better. It's just, you got to take it one step at a time, but like it is miserable. Can you play this? <laughs> you be walking across the floor, put one foot in front of the other. And soon you'll be walking out the door. I don't like to think of Mickey Rooney happy. You don't like you want him angry all the time. I don't know. There's something. There's just something with Mickey Rooney that gets me going. I guess but he's he does okay sound voice. like he does sound like his Bill character. Wait, well, sure. 
I mean, it's his voice. <laughs> I just mean like he's putting on that. Like it sounds like he's really pushing out the words. That's how the man talks. He talks with his <laughs> whole chest. He takes a big old puffy of air and lets it all loose. Oh, did we mention that Santa has met a hottie named Jessica who oh, right. lives in the town and is is warming up? Boy, I'll tell you, somebody in Rankin Bass had a thing for redheads because every time somebody <laughs> falls in love with a girl in these specials, it is always a, a curvy redhead. It happens yep. in this special. Yep. It happens in the next special. It's in Mad Monster Party. It's in almost everything they made. <laughs> What were the what was what was Joel's bass wife? Probably. She like? Uh she was a puppet. Wait, is this Mickey Rooney's last breath? <laughs> yeah, that, that's what he sounds like. He's dying. Sorry. Do I even need to tell you that Jessica is discovering the true meaning of Christmas? So, of course, she sings a ballad, and it's 1970, so things get a little trippy, and the animators <laughs> uh, have fun with their psychedelia cell animation, and they're going through rainbows, and she lets her hair down. Finally. Uh, the Meister, he, Chris keeps delivering toys. He goes down the chimney, any means necessary. He fills up stockings, drying by the fire, hiding the toys from the Burgermeister. There is a shot that was edited out of later airings of this that I'm sure upset children where the Meister Burger sets fire to all the toys in the crowd and children start crying. <laughs> <laughs> Classic move by the Burgermeister. Uh, and then Chris and Jessica get married, and there's a very oddly uh, religious and romantic interlude <laughs> where they sing about the glories of marriage. Are all um, are all villains uh, German? Like that's like a yeah, a common trope or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're German. Yeah, <laughs> the and evil that's a result country. of. That's a result of World War Two. Two, yeah, and one, okay. and one, yeah, <laughs> both, both World Wars, all the World Wars. Yeah, I mean, and it is, okay. it is the harshest language. It just sounds great with villains. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Burgermeister, Burgermeister. So we see Santa getting. Oh, the way that the villain is dealt with, it might sound like I'm not building to a climax of the show, it's because there is no climax to the show. At one point, Fred Astaire just said, oh, well, you know, the Burgermeister got older and he died, and then everyone realized the No Toys Law was dumb, and then they liked Santa Claus. It's all said in narration. It's all said that quickly. Yeah, it's like he's, they're like, eh, people just kind of realized that the, the that they were dumb, that the Burgermeisters were dumb. <laughs> and so they just stopped caring about him. Right. Uh, <laughs> that's that. And then Santa Claus is now old and obese and has white hair. He is not made an immortal in this. So there's the implicit notion that Santa, who is now old, will also die soon. Okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But is there a talk about how there's a new Santa who appears? No. There's no okay, Steve so. Gutenberg waiting in the wings. Right. Sad. It is sad. 
but I will say the the moral tacked on to the end of this, I mean, maybe tacked on is a little too cynical. Oh. The moral set at the end of this, I think is a better summation of a, a moral than most of these specials had, which is where Fred Astaire says that maybe if we could be more like Santa Claus in the idea of giving things freely to others of spending our lives to look out for each other and for and, and helping other people feel joy. Maybe we would all have a better world, which is a better moral than most of these things have. I like that. But also I feel like it's a weird, it's a weird ending because what they do is they say like, like they're trying to say like, Oh, everyone's happy now. And he says, well, not everyone likes Christmas. And then they show people like they show uh, Scrooge and he says, bah humbug. And then they show a lady who's working at like the mall, the re- a retail they mall. They show a Target she's employee. Up- yeah, she's <laughs> upset about. Yeah, <laughs> right. She's upset about all these people coming all day and, you know, ruining her day. And then and then they show like like a billionaire, like industrial man who's like a guy in the stock market or something yeah and he's but behind him is like industrial buildings like yeah and like he says like why would people be happy about christmas when there's so much uh misery in the world and i'm like this is a weird like person to give that to yeah that should be the worker in the in in the factory not the guy running the factory right um but it's just kind of like one of these things it's like um and then he's just and then he just says like, yeah, I guess it's not so great in the world, but uh eh, at least you get Christmas every once in a while, right? That's what it kind no, of felt like to me. But he's literally <laughs> saying they they are wrong about bad things in the world, but maybe if we could more have the attitude of Santa and look out for each other, the world would be better. That's what he says. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, whatever. <laughs> Bah humbug. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and then it ends after only uh, 80,000 songs <laughs> later. <laughs> it doesn't It doesn't feel like a slog. If, if you have a young kid, you know, you could certainly do worse. I also think after having seen a lot of the other Rankin Bass, I appreciate what this is more because some of these other Rankin Bass ones get a little, Erpy in terms of their <laughs> tenuous connection to Christmas or what they have to say. Yeah, they're all very like a lot of. Well, you know what though? Like, okay, I'm okay with the like weird stuff that they come up with because at least it's not like another retelling of something over and over again. Like, I mean, there is that, there is that there's, but also there's like, they add weird characters and stuff to each one of these things. You know, there's always like something happening, like the winter guy and stuff. Like, so I'm, I'm, I'm fine with them playing with it a little bit. Um, I'm fine with that. I'm talking about this versus the leprechauns Christmas gold. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm getting at. Just like you know, well, this is a real masterpiece of but don't subtlety. You think, don't you think? Like at some point, it's just like, look, guys, we've done this for 20 years. Like, what sure. else is there? It's I like, would well, say let's 
Maybe we don't have to make what another about, Christmas thing. Maybe what about a mashup of St. Patrick's Day and Christmas? It always feels very craven to me because every time they did another holiday, they would make they would do a cross a Marvel Universe style crossover where Rudolph is saving the Fourth of July. Or Santa is helping the leprechauns. It's like, are you just looking to double dip here and get this thing played twice? Well, they're like, it's like, look, we have to do another special in a whole year. We've already got these models made up. That so is- just take some of these, take some of these toys, rip them open, and and look, now they're the island of misfit toys. <laughs> We already have these models is probably very on the nose. And leprechauns, <laughs> hey, we have elves. Just take whatever red they're wearing and paint it green. Make it green and put a buckle on. Make it green. <laughs> so that's one version of the Santa Claus story. But now, three hours into this podcast, we will get to the second version. Uh, 15 years later... They went back to the How Did Santa Come to Be Well and made the hilariously titled The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus, which is based on a book by L. Frank Baum, who wrote Wonderful World of Oz. It was originally written in 1902, and it certainly has that kind of shrill, turn-of-the-century children's moralism, still (laughs) from the text to the screen. Um... This special is really bonkers. And if (laughs) you don't enjoy the traditional Santa Claus is coming to town telling, let me tell you, you will get no such tradition here. This is like if Alan Moore and Tolkien got together and decided to parse (laughs) out how they think Santa Claus would have been made. (laughs) Well, it's kind of like Alice in Wonderland, like a, like a, um, or I, I mean, I guess it's just like it's like it's like the Wizard of Oz, like yeah. the the strangeness of the Wizard of Oz, but told in about Santa. And I mean, that's why, like, when I first um, saw this a long time ago, um, in the last ten years, and I remember watching it and thinking, "This is insane!" Like, I had like I could only find it on like a Daily Motion site. Like, it wasn't like a, a readily available. And so I watched it with my family and I was like, this is the freaking weirdest thing. <laughs> and then when I when we talked about watching it and, and I realized, oh, this is based on a Wizard of Oz, based on a Frank Albaum book. I was like, oh, that or whatever, Elf, whatever his freaking name is. He's dead. Um, yeah, <laughs> gives a crap. Um, he um, and I was like, oh, okay, this makes so much more sense. And also kind of disappointed me. I was also kind of like, Oh, man, I was kind of hoping that they may, came up with this weird thing. Oh, they just came up with the most batshit thing ever. Did tons <laughs> yeah, of coke in 85. Yeah. Like it, made, like it made session. sense to me. Like, I, Yeah, like I was like, this is the ultimate version of what they do. Yeah, because this special starts in the forest of Bursey, where the great act <laughs> is telling the leaders <laughs> of the immortals to persuade them to give Claus immortality. Because as yes. you see, the great Ack found an abandoned baby in the snowy woods and gave it to the lioness Shigra to nurse and raise until the <laughs> Nekli, a wood nymph, stole him from Shangra, <laughs> begging to let her raise the child. Now, this this kid was, yeah, this kid was 
r- raised on uh, lion milk. Right. I, I was hoping there would be a child going, that's why we leave him milk. <laughs> that's why we milk our cat every Christmas. <laughs> the, uh, I mean, Nathan, you know me. When these, the first thing you see is a round table in the middle of this forest and the craziest wood nymph monster designs are all gathering around. Uh, Can you imagine how much I was losing my mind when I saw these characters come out one by one and I jumped (laughs) on the internet and I was like, where can I buy figures? These will be front and center in front of my tree. I'm going, why is this not played every year? And then as I kept watching, (laughs) I was like, oh, I understand why this isn't played ever. (laughs) This is crazy. Especially because- I love- the characters, the character designs are freaking so awesome. They're amazing. There's a thing that looks like an elderly grub in a robe. There's a thing that looks like a a, a demon leaf. There's a thing that yes. looks like Hellraiser pinhead, except it's icicles. <laughs> um, yeah, and the great act has like big, huge, like wood antlers. Yeah, it looks like and- a, a wizard with two like oak tree antlers growing out of his head. And if, like, so like the character designs are so amazing. Like every other character in this thing looks like crap, but the character designs in the forest of Bursey are amazing. Like, you know, like the freaking lion, Shigra is just like, like a lion body with two big, <laughs> big baby doll eyes and you're like what the heck it's it's like some of the character design is a holdover still from rudolph the red-nosed reindeer when it comes to the animals and then when it comes to the fantasy creatures it's like you can (sighs) see how much they've progressed in 20 years because also the animation in this thing is really good and there are like yeah I think almost a hundred sets in this thing some of which you see for like five seconds so the amount of work they put into this thing is insane but i also guess in 1985 this had to have been i don't know if the nostalgia was fully kicked in yet maybe it was too soon this probably looked too old timey in 85 you know what i mean yeah i mean yeah and then that little sound imp the the guy who speaks all the different languages charlie callis from like sinatra's comedian He's like, yeah, or like a Jerry Lewis kind of a little bit, like yes, yeah, yeah. I, I, I the, the only char- original character s- in this is the sound imp. He's not oh, in the okay, book, so that's apparently. not from the book. Okay, yeah. I love those. I loved all the characters so much, and then and then you go to the freaking, you know, they travel to America to to, to uh, wherever wherever they go, the realm of man and the mortals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's just like everyone's back to looking like freaking, uh, you know, the, the 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 kid who wants to be a dentist or whatever, <laughs> the elf who wants to be a dentist. You know, like, like you're like, it's like, dang it. Except later on, when we'll, which we'll get to when they get to the oh, the the the, yeah. the, protag- the, the antagonist the, of the film. Yeah, the but also if if you didn't like the the chirpy kind of like all purpose Christmas music of Santa Claus is coming to town. This is the music we have for Adventures of Santa Claus. The Immortals. 
this is this is like the Hobbit. This music is like what they have in the Hobbit. Yes, which I which I much prefer. I listen to the Hobbit soundtrack often. Uh, this is probably written and performed to the same people. This is not that far from the Hobbit or the Lord of the Rings. Oh no, back she did Lord of the Rings from the Hobbit movie that they did. Yeah, I love it. Love it. And it's got that like men's choir or whatever in the background. Finally, every kids movie loves a good men's choir. Mm-hmm. Uh boy, there is a lot of lore in this special. Uh Santa Claus starts growing up and he's being raised by an immortal wood nymph. And am I alone in saying that there was I got a little worried there was gonna be like sexual tension between <laughs> teen Santa Claus and his wood nymph mother now that they're like the same age. <laughs> Yeah, I got a little turned on, I got to say. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Uh, the great act fly Santa to all the corners of the mortal world to oh, show yeah, him he, how awful human beings are to each other. Yes. It's Shows, like, a, uh, yeah. This is it's like a small a, world, um, but abuse. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a um, Dickens kind of thing. You know, like like he can't stop. Like he goes and he sees him. He can't. He tries to stop every. Yes. He, he, no one can see them. And we're literally given the line: "Man's inhumanity to man." <laughs> uh, there are also evil creatures called the Aguas who influence children oh to do evil things. Who look like crazy He-Man villains. They're amazing. Big. They're like, amazing. Ogres with bat wing heads. And they have like dragons as part of their yes, they can summon uh, whatever. dragons. <laughs> their serpent dragons, whatever those things would be, worms or something. Uh, let's see. Um, they don't like Santa because Santa has started to make toy cats out of wood and giving them to again orphan children. We get those <laughs> doe-eyed orphans again. Yeah. Uh, they the Aguas. Um, declare war on the immortals and on Santa, but they kind of duck the issue of seeing Santa Claus warrior by Santa Claus just kind of sitting out the battle, but you see a full-on war between the immortals and <laughs> these monsters. Well, he's like, I think he's off to the side. He's supposed to be kind of like saying like, oh no, now we're warring too or something. Yeah, like, kind of. You know what I mean? It was, it, it, it didn't, it didn't play out like it didn't play out like like the 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 great act you know wasn't like we shouldn't be doing this no he got his silver axe and he killed everyone <laughs> yes they can find a silver axe and then uh, the great act informs Santa he says all the aguas have perished <laughs> yeah. so they are not they, made they kind yeah and they don't go back to Santa doesn't go like oh that's a shame why couldn't we have helped them <laughs> no. he just goes okay great boys for all. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, what else happens? Like Peter Nook, who looks like a slug in a wizard robe, gives oh. him enchants reindeer to pull his toy sleigh. He's the guy who can like control. He's like the guy who controls all animals. Yes. Yes. He looks freaking great. Um, and all the voices in this are that classic eighties 
Thundercats He-Man where all you had to do was this and you'd have a career oh. in children's voiceovers. It, it, this, this was so hard to listen to where it's like, I told you that if we did this, then that would happen. And then someone else is like, yes, and now that has happened. Well, what I, should we do? <laughs> I get the feeling that <laughs> much like when they tried to do Lord of the Rings as an animated movie, you're taking this book that's just dense. We keep saying lore, but that is how it is. It's like we travel to the land of this and this begot us. And it's like parsing all that down into 40 minutes. It just becomes people telling you this happened and this happened, but good thing yeah. this happened. Okay. Next plot point. Yeah. <laughs> it's like animating the book of numbers or something <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> uh, and it ends with all the immortals deciding to give Santa the mantle of immortality. That's right. Mm -hmm. At age 70, he will be locked in his age and can never Sadly. die. <laughs> Isn't, I couldn't have thought about that earlier. Isn't that when you would want to be uh, stuck in that age forever is 70 years old, not 24? The, the day you are supposed to die. Literally, that's the day they give it to him. Because they say, this is the last day. Your dying day is forever. <laughs> yeah. They just groundhogged dayed him freaking on his deathbed. Um. We kind of, I feel like we kind of flew through that, but it's it's very hard to kind of go into detail with this because I've watched it three times now just because I kept forgetting how things progressed. And then I realized I'll never remember all the plot points to this. There's too, there's too much going on. Yeah, there, there's the character Winkum, which is like this little orphan that they, that Santa takes in, but that never really goes anywhere, right? Or is the it orphan? just, I guess that's just the impetus for him making toys. Yes, that is okay. it. And then all the children in song demand that he keep making them toys. The songs in this, with the exception of the big uh, mythic ones, are worse than Santa Claus coming to town, I think. Because it's like, make I don't us even a toy, remember. that's a big surprise, big surprise, <laughs> big surprise. Want a cat with little green eyes, little green eyes. Like, it's just oh, yeah. bad. With a little green nose. That, that that is very much okay. Can you look? Can you see who wrote the songs for this? Is it still Jules Bass I, and Maury Laws? Or I believe it is. I okay, also just realized from looking at these characters around the Immortals table, this looks so similar to Nightmare Before Christmas. Some of these characters. This oh, has oh, to have yeah. been inspiration. So what? 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 What was? What year was The Hobbit? What year did The Hobbit come out? 77. Okay. I just feel like there's like all uh, like these songs are so much more like The Hobbit. Like you can you can you can I can think of songs from The Hobbit that sound like these ones whereas the other special all of the music sounds like all the Christmas specials that you that you remember from them. So I guess this just was just a new era of yeah. music for them. I mean, it was, it's still like 10 years later. Yeah. Uh, different people Ten did the- years later. 
people, different people did the music from Santa Claus to The Hobbit. I think guess that uh, Rankin Bass just knew what they liked in terms of sound. They knew what they liked. Uh, well, so yes, it ends with Santa Claus is has gone full full Jesus. He's almost died, but been <laughs> preserved in amber to live out in agony for the rest of his days. So, which did you like better? <sighs> I found the life and adventures of Santa Claus fascinating and i think it looks good i don't know if it gets me in the christmas spirit <laughs> no no um <laughs> and no, a this child is like... would just be confounded by it they might think it's like interesting to look at but but good luck having them follow the plot i felt like this is an off-season christmas special hmm <laughs> I, I think I think this one's more visually interesting and kind of more, um, you know, it's just more interesting to think about and talk about. But the other one, definitely, you're right. It's very much Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. You know, the opening to <laughs> Elf. Yeah. You know, everything they took from it. Like this is like, you know, I mean, I I I think I'd rather watch Frosty the Snowman or the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer special, but. Um, you know, I, I'd rather watch something where Santa's already happening, I guess. But um, <laughs> but this the, the that one I think definitely does do the trick better. You don't want to see how the wiener's made. You want that wiener to be split. I do boiled when we're ta- yeah when we're talking about up. hot dogs. I want to freaking know. <laughs> uh, I think if you are decorating the tree and you have something in the background, it's going to be Santa Claus is coming to town. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much the immortals <laughs> is going to get you in the mood, but Look, definitely if you're if you're, if you're worth- decking the halls, you put on Santa Claus comes to Christmas. If you are uh, d- d- taking your masters in cultural studies and you're writing about the Rankin Bass style of Christmas films for your dissertation, then sit down. And analyze the life and adventures of Santa. Or I can think of another reason you'd want to watch <laughs> the adventures of Santa Claus is if you got a little sticky icky in you. You know what I mean? <laughs> we all do. We all do. That's right. Legally. S- legally, though. Yeah, man. Stony always gets a prescription. <laughs> a prescription for what? Real kind bud. <laughs> A little bit of the God's good herb. Love it. Love it. Let me ask you, is, um, have you ever, anything? Have you ever smoked a strain called the great ack? Let me tell you, Nathan, when you ask Stoney the question that starts with, have you ever smoked? The answer is going to be yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, my security. I've had it all. The great ack. I've smoked the okay. wind demon. <laughs> I've uh, smoked Peter Nook. Oh, nice. <laughs> I smoked a uh, Kuschenberger Meister Kuscher. <laughs> what about Shigra? You ever have any Shigra? Oh, yeah. Some real kind Shigra. <laughs> Shigra Chiba. 
<laughs> All right, man. Well, um, it sounds like you recommend these to our <laughs> listeners for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Especially you if you that- happen to be in the spirit of the season. As <laughs> <laughs> so I was just going to say, do, do you think they need to maybe make some popcorn? Maybe, you know, get the lights turned down low. Anything else they might have to do? I think you might want some popcorn. <laughs> oh, okay. No, that's a little on the nose. <laughs> Turn the lights down <laughs> below. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, is that too far? <laughs> yeah, I think you now think you're you, fed up. You've overstayed your welcome stuff. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> You're harsh and my mellow. All right. Well, I guess we'll take off then. Bye. All right. See ya. Well, that was Stony for a special Christmas treat, giving you his tips and tricks. Yeah. I'll tell you a tip and trick. If you want us to keep doing this podcast and not to throw ourselves off a bridge like George Bailey mm-hmm. and It's a Wonderful Life, you should rate, review, mm-hmm. and subscribe us on any kind of podcast app that you listen to. Subscribe to us on TikTok and YouTube and all of those little platforms. And uh, yes. producer Jeremy, I know you're sick in there. You have your feeties up on a little sling. Is there anything you want to say to our Christmas listeners before we take off? Happy holidays, everybody. A warm happy holidays from producer Jeremy and from happy all Loka of us. Days. From <laughs> <laughs> at the Golden Ox Network. Moo moo, I'm a Golden Ox. Have a wonderful Christmas or whatever you celebrate. Bye. Bye.